England. Oh, Justin Madden's got the set, one hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken, Matthew's in it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Well, he is a legend of the game, and when the game is written, this man will take his rightful place. Like all of our guests, we have the absolute cream of the crop here today playing over 300 games of AFL football and 633 goals, says that you've actually stood the test of time. He did that between 1988 and 2004 at two clubs, Brisbane and Fitzroy, three-time premiership player at Brisbane, Fitzroy team of the century, Tasmanian team of the century, six-time leading goal kicker. His name is Alistair Lynch. And Lynchy, this is your football life. Thanks, uh, Rexy. It's a pleasure to be on. Does uh, looking back and just reminiscing as you're talking to us today, uh, are you surprised at the heights you did reach or you were always confident as a kid that you could actually go to the highest level? No, nah, I don't think I was ever confident and I don't think I could actually even believe that I was part of um, you know two great clubs, as you just said, Fitzroy and Brisbane. I think was all after the event that you sort of sit down and think, well, that was amazing. Hasn't it gone quick? But I can't believe maybe the height that uh, I was a part of. But, um, no, as a kid, you know, I played like a lot of kids, played all sports, probably uh, liked cricket more than uh, the other sports, played a fair bit of soccer. And um, one thing led to another and got a few good introductions and eventually found myself in the AFL. Did you find, like a lot of our guests, that you actually uh, came along nicely as a kid by playing in competitions uh, a little bit higher than what you were at or playing against kids who were a little bit better? And I preface that by saying, I'm sure you have stories of kids that you are just absolutely amazed that they didn't go on. But you see them, they kick, they mark, they run, they take hat-tricks, they make sentries. But when the siren goes, mate, they're outside the fence. Yeah, that's right. I think... um well, growing up in Tassie, I think one of the great things that helped me was playing sport with a bunch of kids in a small country town on the northwest coast of Tassie, and um, we, we played everything. And so we all played volleyball, basketball, soccer, footy, cricket. And so I think everyone had pretty well-rounded skills, and um, I think that helped eventually to go through and, and play professional sport. But, yeah, you're right. Some of the kids that I played with at high school, you know, went on to play state footy in under 16s and under 18s, but yeah, just somehow didn't transition into um, into the senior ranks. And uh, I was one that probably wasn't overly gifted uh, in high school, um, and uh, but I enjoyed training, maybe because I didn't like homework too much. So yeah. I just enjoyed going to train a fair bit and, and got through that way. And before we get back to the footy and you uh, first going to Fitzroy uh, under David, under the great David Parkin, uh, you're a little bit slippery uh, as a fast bowler. Did you really uh, think that you might go on with it? No, no. I used to, yeah, we used to try to bowl fast and um, used to probably bowl too short. I at one stage there, I thought I was part of the Tasmanian uh, Sheffield Shield squad, but really, I was actually looking back, I was just a net bowler. So we'd go in try to try to bowl to Booney and a few of his um, contemporaries and get smacked all around the place. But, no, I played a little bit of first-grade cricket down there. But, um, you yeah, know, there was uh, no pathway rolled out for me, I can assure you. 
Who are some of the household names that our people across the nation listening today can relate to who came through the system as a junior uh, the same time as you, uh, Alistair Lynch? Well, back in uh, Wynyard, in Tassie, uh, around that area, there was a number of uh, players that uh, came out of that town. Colin Robinson was a bit older than me and, and Scratch and Neil, so I, I followed through with them. Michael Gale got um, signed up with Fitzroy a couple of years before me. Uh, Chris Bond, he went to, I think he went to Carlton to start with before Richmond yeah, and then over. before he went to the Tigers and then, yeah. Yeah, and still involved uh, uh, with uh, Fremantle at the moment. And, uh, yeah, there's a number of very good players. But probably the, the ones were, you know, Michael Gale and uh, Chris Bond were the, probably the highest profile. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good yeah. footballers that come out of that area. When you crossed Bass Strait to Fitzroy, were they still playing at the Junction Oval St Kilda? No, no. I, they'd moved... They were playing at Princess Park at uh, yeah. Carlton and we will train at Lakeside Oval, so down the other end of the lake. So we used to do a few laps running past the Junction Oval, but no, we were at uh, Carlton. So yeah. we stayed there for six years before they made the move to the Western Oval. Tell us about the early days, uh, some of the uh, you know, great players of, uh, of the era of the Lions, and uh, they were almost there, but they weren't quite there. But uh, it was an exciting place to be, I believe. Yeah, it was a great place to be, and I was really excited sort of around draft time. So I was in the first draft at the end of 86, and um, I'd spoken to um, probably only a couple of clubs. The main ones were Hawthorne, through the association of my coach at Hobart at that time was Peter Hudson. He had a great relationship with um, the Hawthorne Football Club, as he did with David Parkin. I'd spoken to, to Fitzroy, and Collingwood, I'd had a, a number of discussions with uh, Gubby Allen, and they spoke about drafting me as well, but from a name to be called out pick 50 in 86 to go to Fitzroy, I was wrapped. They'd, I think they'd come third or fourth that year and they'd been reasonably strong in the uh, early 80s. So to get over there with the likes of uh, Ruse, uh, Perth, you know, Rendell, they had a lot of very good uh, midfield mm. players. Um, yeah. And David Parkin was the coach and I felt that um, with uh, Parko's relationship with Hutto, he was certainly going to invest uh, uh, plenty of time in uh, into me, and I think he, he probably donated a few games early that I probably didn't deserve, but uh, no, just really enjoyed the guys there, and we didn't play finals whilst I was at Fitzroy, but uh, some great years. Alistair Lynch joins us on This Is Your Football Life for Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives. We're on air through relays right around this wonderful nation, and list people listening on the World Wide Web. This man is a star. Um... A lot of people will remember you just as a goal-kicking machine, but it didn't start out like that. You were up back, and every week there was an Ablett, Moderate, Lockett, Kernahan, Dunstall. You must have been saying, when are one of these blokes going to pull a hamstring? Because it was time when full forwards kicked bulk goals, Alistair Lynch. Yeah, and um, it was a fair bit of ball down in the back line for Fitzroy back in those days. <laughs> it actually was. It was, it was exciting. Like um, We played, uh, we were playing St Kilda out at Waverley one particular day and um, Rod Austin was the coach. I think this was in 89 and um, yeah, Rod Austin was the coach and I'd, I think I'd kicked my second or third goal from a half-forward flank um, early in the third and I got taken off the ground and that was certainly in the days of interchange but you didn't get taken off too often and so I got taken off the ground and put it straight on the phone and, um, and Robert Shaw, who was the assistant coach and my Tasmanian coach, <laughs> in the state of origin, Carnival said, um, 
we're going to take you off and we're going to give you a rest for a couple of minutes and you're going on to Tony Lockett. Now, I think Plugger had kicked his tent on Gary Pert, who was the all Australian. Yeah, he had. And um, <laughs> I was absolutely petrified, to be honest. I mean, I was at that stage, I'd be lucky to be 90 kilos, six foot four, and uh, just a string bean. And Plugger was just at the top of his game. And um, so I went Might have been a good and... time for you to pull a hamstring, Litchie. Well, I was considering that. <laughs> I was thinking... Yeah, I know for sure he told me that. So I did sheepishly jog out to uh, to full back. Now, uh, at that stage, he would have had to have been 120 kilos. Oh, and he had that gee. sort of nasty it was, streak. It was, so. like, it was like twins with one head. He oh, was just massive, and man. frightening. And people outside the fence say, gee, looks frightening. You had to stand oh. beside him, mate, and listen to him. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> you know, are you insured? You better get into Tobin Brothers. <laughs> well, he, I think he's probably... I think his priorities were kicking goals. It was closely tied by putting me into the fence, I think. So, so I decided this particular day to balance up with survival or playing good footy. And I thought I'd take a survival uh, first. So I played him from three or four metres behind. And um, the main aim was so he couldn't get me in a headlock and uh, mm. do some nasty stuff to me. It worked out for the, the best part of that second half. He didn't kick a goal. And yeah. um, so sure, he thought it was a great move. Um and a few of the journos come and spoke to me about my tactics and um, of playing him from a couple of metres behind. And yeah. I sort of had to sort of say that I was just a tactic I thought of using a speed. But really, the honest truth was I was petrified. I thought I was going to die. But also, you know, he, he's... Uh, who called him? I think Alistair Clarkson calls him gorillas. He was a gorilla. And if you put a gorilla on him, he'd just absolutely eat the other gorilla. And uh, you yeah. played him at a, at, a, at a stage in the game where he just wasn't used to that. Um he, by the way, for what it's worth, uh, says uh, that you are one of the toughest opponents uh, he's ever come up against. So that is a pretty good uh, accolade from a great man. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, sort of used to look back on those contests, in particular with uh, Lockett and Dunstall, and 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 uh, enjoy them. Um, yeah. Didn't always get a win, but um, yeah, for Plugger to say something like that, that is um, that is fantastic to reflect on. But yeah, you know, those days. It was. I think it was okay while I was a young guy. That I don't think anyone expected me to get a kick or hold Tony Walker because, as you were saying, they were kicking big bags oh, week in, yeah. week out. So I actually went in there with a fair bit of freedom. That well, if they kick a bag, well, they do it every week. If I'm lucky enough to hold them um, fairly quiet, then everyone will acknowledge you've had a good game. So I didn't go out there with too much fear as far as um, you know losing the contest is concerned. Yeah. Alistair Lynch has joined us, a 300-game dual, a uh, tri- triple premiership player, Fitzroy Team of the Century, Tassie Team of the Century, six-time leading goal kicker. Talking about Tassie Team of the Century, there's some good company there. In uh, 1990, after a drought of 30 years, you were part of a team that uh, beat the Big V, and that was big news down the Apple Isle. That was big news. It was a big day at North Hobart. I think there was about twenty thousand, you know, shoehorned into North Hobart Oval, and that was a, that was a massive day. I think the year before we'd played Victoria at the same ground, and the Vicks, I think Gary Ayres moved himself into the middle and and come back and got a good victory. But um, yeah, a very young Tasmanian team uh, stood up in the second half on this particular year, and it was a great win. It was great for Tassie footy because I mean, AFL football in Tasmania is is huge. It's you know. So many uh, people down there grew up just living and breathing footy, and, and that day was a big day, particularly that it had a number of um, still re- residential players that were playing in the local comp and a lot of the the young draftees that had just made the move across into the VFL at that stage. 
Yeah. Um, in 93, uh, Robert Shaw, another great Tasmanian and a, a very nice cricketer as well. You know, fullback for Essendon, but coach Fitzroy, uh, 93, a significant part of your uh, progress when he moved you to full forward. You had a standout year, won the BNF, and uh, you were suddenly a forward. Yeah, I used to love it. I think coming from Essendon, sure, he had similar philosophy as uh, Sheeds about playing his key position players back and forward. And I used to love it. You know, sort of thought it was a chance to keep me in the team uh, as well. But I used to really enjoy going back and forward, swapping with uh, Ruzi, who was playing centre-half back and centre-half forward at that sort of stage as well. And, um, no, we didn't get... uh, a heap of wins that year, but uh, under the coaching of Robert Shaw, I certainly uh, improved my footy a great deal. He gave me a lot of confidence and uh, taught me a lot of things. Alistair Lintz has joined us, and this is fascinating stuff, and I hope you're enjoying it on behalf of Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives. When did you get an idea or an inkling that uh, the Lions are in trouble as an entity and a club in Melbourne, Alistair? Well, I think um, over the years, and, and ironically, the first time I arrived uh, or was drafted to Fitzroy in 86, the players had voted as a group to stay together and move to Queensland to become the, the Brisbane Lions at that stage. Um, now, this was vetoed by the board eventually, and they remained. But then the, the next major challenge was the 89 merger with uh, Footscray, some financial challenges in the early 90s. Um, but to the credit, the passionate line supporters hung in there, but it was always going to be very difficult. And then um, uh, I think the move to the Witten Oval was another move that I felt was a, in a backwards direction. I thought we'd just really secured a home ground advantage at, at Carlton at, uh, at Princess Park. And I thought it was a backward step. And, uh, and then a massive offer was uh, presented. And we're going to talk about that offer out of the break because it was one of the uh, biggest in the history of the game and uh, Buddy has since taken it to a new level. But our special guest, Alistair Lynch, took it to the next level and went to the Brisbane Bears and then the Lions and created history. Folks, we're on air for Tobin Brothers and they're a great performer because they've got presence on stage and even after the curtains fall, they leave a lasting impression. These qualities make Tobin Brothers stand out from the rest. Tobin Brothers Funerals is a perfect example after more than 80 years continuing to shine. They genuinely care for families, providing professional guidance and expertise, and these distinguishing qualities make Tobin Brothers Funerals the true performers they are. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Take a break, relays. Join us out of the break, where Alistair Lynch moves to Queensland and becomes a legend. This is your football life. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Oh, good on you, Matthew. And we're celebrating the football life of Alistair Lynch. And when the history of the game is written, Lynch, he will take his rightful place as an absolute star. So 1993, you could blow yourself over with a feather. They've come at you for 10 years, the Brisbane Bears. Tell us uh, what was going through your mind and what pressure, because, Alistair, it was an unprecedented contract length at the time in our great game. Yeah, it was. And, um, I mean, over the years, you uh, listened to offers from other clubs, and, uh, Rex, you would have gone through the same thing. For me, um, I had no real intention of leaving, and... um, and then Brisbane invited me to have a look at their facilities. And I thought, oh, well, I'll have a look. Just a weekend in Queensland would be nice. And then um, 
they tabled the offer and essentially it was triple my pay. And um, when I asked how long they were going to offer me a contract for, they said um, 10 years. And uh, my, I think my answer was, well, I don't think I'll play for 10 years. And they said, no, well, you, you play for as long as you can and we'll pay you for 10 years. <laughs> oh, God, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, and once I told the missus that, I think we were off to Queensland. It was, and whatever and you smoke, was, and I'll take a kilo of it. Goodness yeah, gracious it me. Like that. And, well, it became, and as I said, quite sincerely, I didn't want to leave Fitzroy. My great mates were there. Fitzroy had given me the opportunity. It got to this stage with that sort of offer and guaranteed, you just could not responsibly uh, knock it back. And um, and the thing was, I think the AFL uh, were really looking at, to expand the competition, make make the Queensland and and you know obviously Brisbane and the Sydney Swans stronger. Uh, whereas Fitzroy, they they looked like they weren't giving too much assistance at all. So the decision was pretty easy in the end albeit pretty tough to actually tell a lot, of, a lot of my friends that I was going. Yeah. Alistair Lynch has joined us, and we're celebrating the footy life of this absolute champion. Uh, 94, you, you had a few knee injuries. You had a collarbone. Uh, you played just one round uh, in 95 before you pulled out for, indress, uh, for, for uh, illness. It was a chronic fatigue syndrome. Tell us about how it affects you, and tell us about how you actually pick yourself up and keep going because it is a wretched thing. Yeah, well, I know I still don't totally understand it, but what happened at the end of 94, it's the end of my first season, I went from a fit 96-kilo, 27-year-old to um, sleeping 18 hours a day and not being able to get myself out of bed. I mean, it was it was scary, and, and I didn't really get diagnosed uh, for six months, um, you know, I finally spoke to a number of doctors in Melbourne and it was almost through a process of elimination. They said, you've got what's called post-viral syndrome or some people call it chronic fatigue syndrome. And at that stage, I thought, well, oh, well fantastic. At least after six months now, I've got a name and I can go and see the chronic fatigue specialist and get cured. Well, there was no cure and now I'm pretty sure there's still no instant cure or an operation or anything you can really take to fix you up. And so the challenge to regain full health started it took a long time and as you said i've played all uh, missed all but one game in that 95 season and took it really a handful of years to get back to full health and um mm. yeah, it was a really trying time it was something that i wouldn't wish on the worst enemy but looking no. back now i learned so many things um from that experience that actually i really appreciate it now all of our listeners are aware of the SADA. They're sick of them. They're sick of the Essendon saga. We want to move on, but goodness gracious me, in 1998, you had a little bit of a, uh, a storm yourself when you found out that what was trying, what was prescribed to you mm. to assist you to recover was yeah. in fact illegal and you self-reported. Take us back to that time. It was uh, pretty big stuff. Yeah, um so the specialist that I was seeing in Brisbane um, prescribed um, some medication for me to take. I'd been taking a medication called DHEA for um, approximately two years in the lead-up uh, to it actually being placed on the ban list. I was I was told um, when I was picking up a medication one day that it had been placed on the ban list. So as you do, um, I called, I think it was ASDA back in those days, but the ASADA hotline to say, you know, you know, because I'd spoken them to them two years beforehand once I sort of was put on the medication. So I rang the same hotline and spoke to the same person. 
And he basically said, well, go and report it to the club, report it to the AFL and put in the application that, so you can take it um, under the you know, AFL uh, medication code. Or, and uh, so I did that. And uh, a couple of weeks later, um, the AFL came up and I presented a statement of what I'd been doing. And, um, and then I think about a week after that, I was charged, which was extraordinary. Yeah. And I mean, through the meeting, I, was even, I even asked, do you want me to keep taking the, the medication? And the answer that I got from the AFL was, yeah, oh, yeah, keep taking it. Well, I got tested twice through that period when I was still taking the medication. Negative tests come up um, as would be expected because I was still in a very low range, um, thus the supplement of this medication. And um, I was charged, it became a very um, trying, um, stressful period. I think the tribunal might have gone for two or three weeks and uh, I was found not guilty, thankfully, that I'd uh, followed the correct procedures. And the correct procedures that I followed was that my doctor prescribed the medication. I ran it past my club doctor. Um, I rang ASDA, registered it with them. They actually had told me, the guy I spoke to, his, um, his wife was on the same medication for chronic fatigue, so he knew all about it, so that was yeah. no problems. And then, um, you know, I uh, rang them, told them it was on the uh, ban list, which, again, was very surprising that I got charged, but thankfully, yeah, all was uh, cleared up in the end. Alistair Lynch has joined us on This Is Your Football Life, the Tobin Brothers celebrating lives, and we're celebrating the wonderful footy life of Alistair Lynch, who sounds well and uh, confident, and uh, what a star he's been. But what a star you were in a star-studded side. Uh, The the demise of Robert Walls and lethal uh, Lee Matthews arrived. Voss was appointed captain. You were alongside Jay Brown and Daniel Bradshaw. Gee, you had some work uh, to do, but you had plenty of tools to do it with. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. We went through a really difficult period in '98 when we were the worst team in the competition. We finished 16th that year. Our captain, or my co-captain Michael Voss, had broken his leg with a really nasty break. Um, it was a toxic environment around the club, and then Lee Matthews came to the club and and put some uh, great structures in place, gave clearly defined roles and. And uh, things started to turn around, and it was a great place to be a part of. And you're right, I was playing football there for about three or four years with probably about 10 superstars, led by Michael Voss, Simon Black, Lappin, Hacker, Leppich, and Jonathan Brown. There was great players everywhere. And then to be able to to get to that, you know, sort of last Saturday in September in 2001 for the first time, I think I appreciate it more than a lot of the other guys because, you know, Played a long career, hadn't got there um, before, and uh, to get there in 2001 and, and finally hear, hear that final siren and yeah. be in front, that uh, was an amazing sensation. It was great, yeah. it was a great place to be at that time. You sound in a very good place. Um, I see you on the television. I enjoy your work. I don't have to say that. I'm not uh, under any obligation, but I reckon once you enjoy your radio and your television, you come across uh, in the right manner. You're in a pretty good place at the moment. Oh, yeah. I love what I'm doing. Um, I enjoy my role in the, on the TV with uh, AFL footy. Ironically, I've got a business that works around Australia and New Zealand and in PNG, which is uh, around injury prevention and fatigue management, ironically. Um, so I suppose having chronic fatigue there at one stage um, has helped me out after my football career as well. So, no, very happy enjoying Brisbane, uh, enjoying Queensland. I love watching footy now. 
uh, knowing the experience that I once had. It's a different yeah. game now, but I really oh, appreciate the, the, the skill set and, uh, and the players and the athletes that are out there on the field. Talk us about some of the blokes you rub shoulders with in your side, but also against the best players you've seen, the best players you've played with. Uh, just take us inside the stadium of uh, what was a fantastic era of AFL national football. Well, I suppose, so teammates to start with, um, I might as well start at the top. And, you know, Michael Voss was one of those powerful midfielders. I mean, he, he, was a, he was a great captain in that he led by example. He didn't have to say too much to the group, but he what he did in the middle of the ground and then moved to full four different times was extraordinary and lift us when we needed to be lifted. Simon Black and Nigel Lappin, they're probably similar, both superstars in their own right. Nigel hasn't got a Brownlow medal to his name. But both players would come off with 40 touches and play unbelievable games and almost apologise because they'd missed you with one pass. Yeah. I mean, they were just so um, down-to-earth, so humble. And then I suppose um, in a very nice way, almost the other extreme, big Jonathan Brown, um, the the young superstar that came in. He was the only teenager on the ground in 2001, grand final. And sort of almost come in with a strut to start with, but deservedly so. I mean, he um, he was a fantastic player. A player Mm. that I haven't seen um, matched as far as his courage is concerned and had a fair bit of talent to go with it. I suppose the other extreme players I used to play against, um, you mentioned before, you know, I, I started my career really as a full-back, and um, I think playing against Lockett and Dunstall were hard to split about, you know, which one would cause you the most, uh, or the biggest lack of sleep the night before. <laughs> yeah. It was probably Plugger, because as we said before, he was probably keener on putting me into the fence. Yeah. Um, but Jace, you know, incredibly quick, incredibly strong. Um, Neither used to say much to you, but um, both unbelievable players. And it was an era, uh, again, as you said before, Rex, that there was superstar full forwards around all over the place. So the challenge each week to play full back was a big one. I think what you just said highlights uh, what I've tried to get across in my commentary. You know, you don't have to run fast to be quick. And Dunstan and Lockett were just so far, you know, ahead of you. It was a metre and a half and you're in trouble. Look, we could talk for hours, but we want to thank you today, Alistair Lynch. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure to speak to you. And, uh, Alistair, this has been your football life. Thanks, Rexy. It was great to talk to you. And, um, yeah, congratulations on the show and all you've done in uh, footy both on and off the field, mate. If you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. Alistair Lynch has been our special guest today on This Is Your Football Life. Thanks to Tobin Brothers, celebrating lives.